0: Forget the outsiders, forget the haters, you know, keep your nose to the ground and and, and put the work in because it does eventually pay off. You can eventually find that outlet Come full circle, responsible for your your podcast for creative excursion and also the reason you got fired.
1: I'll save that for my screenplay.
0: Yeah, I'm going to just Google search ER characters while you answer this.
1: Okay, yeah, do that while I'm continuing to record.
0: But the opportunities that exist today um, and the outlets that exist today are just endless, aren't they?
1: Even letting your your mind go there. Even having that crazy thought like, what if I...
0: Michelle wrote a Murphy Brown?
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle.
0: And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives, an audio experience for creatives and thinkers.
1: My question was, do you have a memory of a time when you first had the thought, I am creative? Like, did you grow up thinking that you were a creative person or have you identified as being a left brain or a right brain person?
0: Um, the right brain is, is what?
1: Right side, creative left side is more like logic and not, and like, you know, like an an accountant would be a left brain.
0: Oh yeah. Then definitely not left brained. Um, certainly more right brain that I grow up thinking. Um, I'm sure there were times where I would, you know, you know, do things that I that I thought was creative. I was really, you know, at an early age, I really got into music. So I played music as a kid. You know, I I, I was in band. I was in the chorus. I did some things through um, or I went to NISMA, which is, you know, that state oh, music, you know, you, you know, what I'm, I'm talking familiar. About? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wait, I did.
1: Oh, what did okay. you what did you play? <laughs>
0: I feel like I'm walking through a landmine right now. Um, saxophone.
1: Oh, I played saxophone for one year in fourth grade. Cool story. My dad thought I was really, he's like, like Bill Clinton.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's where the comparisons (laughs) stopped. Uh, yeah, I played for, uh, I played from fourth grade on until I graduated and I was okay. I I think as I got older, I kind of became, you know, I, I, i ventured more into sports and I was on a few high school teams. So my interest in playing music kind of died down and my interest in playing sports kind of revved up. But, um, I think that was probably the first time cause I played some guitar as a kid. I took lessons for about five, six years. Um, you know, like I said to you, I, I sang and I played in the band. So there was a creative side from a musical standpoint, you know, part of, you know, what we did with, you know, through guitar was you had to write your own, you know, you got to write some of your own things. You got to kind of write your own songs. And, um, so that allowed you to kind of experiment a little bit. Um, but for me and what I, in relation to what I do now as a professional that really didn't hit until probably when I got into, into my professional field. Um, it's not to say that I didn't think I was talented or good or that I couldn't write or I couldn't do things like that, but from a comfort level of like creating social campaigns and having an eye on how audiences identify with certain, you know, pieces of content and, uh, the challenge that comes from that, maybe there is a little analytical side to that. Uh, that really didn't come until probably the last, I would say, seven, seven, to eight years.
1: Yeah, I think I can relate to that. I think my definition of, of what a creative person is, has like kind of changed because when I was a kid, I didn't feel like I grew up in an environment that was particularly supportive of being creative. And I'm not not putting that on my parents at all because they both are creative like in their own ways. Um, But I'm talking about more like in school and I don't know if your public school district was like this, but like sports were celebrated math and science were celebrated. Like the arts were kind of like an afterthought. So even though I did artsy things, like I was, I played the saxophone for one year, but then I switched over to orchestra. So I was in orchestra for, you know, pretty much all of middle school and high school. And I always opted to do art classes as my electives. It still always felt like I don't know, like I was not embarrassed by it. But it wasn't like a cool thing to be part of. And it never, it just didn't feel celebrated. So I don't really feel like I came into my own as like a creative person. Honestly, like you said, like, until i became a professional i was a graphic design major so obviously a lot of college was creative stuff but i still don't mentally i don't think i I really like owned it and in a few episodes we were talking about like our our dream jobs and how i said that my dream job was to be like a tv writer Mm -hmm. i don't think it wasn't until recently that i would even have recognized that as being something creative
0: do you feel it's because you've added to like your toolkit in terms of like your creative toolkit that you can kind of look back now and say, oh, yeah, with what I have now, this is probably something that I could do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's part of that. You're saying more like confidence wise, like, OK, I've done that. So I could probably do this, too. Right. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of that. But also, I think what has really helped what has been connecting with other creative people, I mean. I don't know what percentage of the population is creative. Maybe it's 50%. Maybe it's less than that. But the impression that I got or how I felt for most of my life was like, you're in like the 5%. There's There aren't other people who are like into these things that you're into. So I feel like that's probably part of what was was holding me back in pursuing some of these creative things, was just feeling like there wouldn't be an acceptance for it.
0: But some of that is really like, It's subjective, right? Because it's in the eye of the beholder. So somebody telling you, you know, you're not really creative. I mean, that's somebody's opinion, you know, whereas, you know, in the industry in in which you work now, you probably won't find many people, you know, shooting that arrow and saying that to you. So there's probably more, you know, curves to navigate, I suppose, as a young person trying to come up as a creative because you are so aware of Opinions and perceptions that people may have of you or may have of the industry that you want you know to go into I thought as a as a high school student like I could sing well you know i, I that's what I wanted but you're you're still aware that you're on the baseball team mm-hmm. and they know you go to chorus, and you know it doesn't matter how well I sing that's an awkward thing for a high school kid to to kind of deal with so it it almost kind of like steers you away from that that path so in essence you know where you've ended up in what field kind of shows that you do have that intestinal fortitude that I think all young creatives have to have which is if you know you're good at something or you have a passion for something forget the outsiders forget the haters you know keep your nose to the ground and 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 put the work in because it does eventually pay off you can eventually find that outlet
1: yeah definitely I mean I I think that both of us have ended up obviously in in Creative positions. We have a podcast with the name "Creative" in it, so that says something. It does help. <laughs> now, obviously, I identify now as being being a creative entrepreneur. My whole life is creative. Do you feel like your job, which is a full time job, do you consider it to be a creative role?
0: No. You don't? Um,
1: I feel like there there are creative aspects to it, though.
0: Yes, but I don't think it's. I don't think I get to spend the time in this role doing you know i'm in management so there's a lot of oversight there's not a lot of execution and your creative ideas i mean i guess it it depends on your style of management i'm not the kind of person who says here's my idea for what i want you to do person who works underneath me or person who you know has the title below me now go execute my vision it's really more Let's talk about some concepts collaboratively, but you want to empower the person who has that creative role, the videographer, the social media specialist, the graphic designer to kind of use their talents and feel fulfilled with the product that they're designing. So there might be some opportunities in my nine to five job to do this, these creative conversations, but in terms of execution and doing exactly what I want and executing or scratching that creative itch. No, it doesn't happen as, as frequently, I think, as I would like it to happen.
1: But I think that that's okay. And I think a lot of people who have full-time jobs might share in your frustration of of having this like creative spirit and not being able to use it to its full potential. But there are things that even though I call all the shots in my job, there are still things that I do that aren't completely creative. I mean, I still have to pay the bills just like anyone else. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have opportunities where I can do creative things to make money. But like I said, sometimes some of the things that I do don't don't feel so creative, but I have to do them anyway. For anyone who who might be feeling frustrated that they're in this full time job and all they want to do is just blow it off and play. If you can like mentally separate your day job from creative stuff, you can still make it work. And I think that you've, (laughs) I think, have done a good job of that. Um,
0: Well, that's how we ended up here, though. I I mean, in in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. you know, you and I have obviously been friends for a while now. We were having conversations before this this idea of this podcast was even an idea. I mean, we were just, you know, going back and forth and having conversations about the work we do and the challenges that we have. And I know many times you and I spoke about just my frustration within the role that I'm in and feeling kind of boxed in, but, you know, knowing that the work that we're doing is, is rewarding work, but still wanting to find that outlet. And I think that's something that a lot of people in in our positions, or at least in my position can kind of relate to. Um, you want this outlet to be able to not only have conversations around things that affect people in creative fields, you and I, and, and our audience who listens to this, but also to be able to do the work that kind of helps publicize some of this stuff. I mean, I, I can't say that you have a passion for editing audio, which is what your role is for, for this, as, as, as well as a lot of the design elements. But the social impact of things, which is kind of in my wheelhouse, like it gives me the chance to have that that outlet to to be able to design social content, to track social, you know, engagement and response rate and things like that. And, you know, you're not getting paid for it, but it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter because you're having fun with it. Um, I'm getting a chance to work with somebody I respect and, and, and adore. And I think those are the, the, the challenges is we're always looking to, and maybe this is more with, you know, people of, of our generation and, and, and maybe younger. I, I can't say that I know that for sure, but you know, the millennial generation is always so harped on for doing something for a while and then moving on to something else and doing that for a while and then moving on to something else. And I don't, I don't not like that approach. I think that's something you should probably keep an eye on. I mean, experience is great and that kind of helps you build your portfolio. But if you find something that, you know, compensates you well and it might not be, you know, checking every box, there might be other opportunities to do things that do check those other boxes and makes you a little bit more whole than having to bounce around from from opportunity to opportunity.
1: Absolutely. I don't think that there is a magic formula, but I think that I use this example all the time like if you can get a job as a barista and get benefits and they're paying you well and then you're able to like make money on the side, there's like zero shame in that. In fact, like I would respect you more for doing something like that than taking a full-time job where you're like working all these late hours and you're miserable and not getting to do any of the creative stuff that you enjoy. Maybe there is a formula for each individual person in weighing like the happiness factor and the money factor. Obviously we all, we all need money to, to live our lives. I'm not like saying blow everything off, but there are more opportunities I think than people realize. And there are more solutions than people realize.
0: So what was the deciding factor or factors for you to walk away from, uh, you know, a nine to five quote unquote job to working for yourself?
1: Well, they kicked me out. I didn't really have a choice. Oh, is
0: that, is that right? I yes. didn't know that. Okay. Yes. So oh, a very, a very special podcast yes. for creatives. Well,
1: I'll preface it by the, by saying this, I think that I was born to be an entrepreneur. I think I've always had that spirit in me. And I remember that when I switched from my first job to my second job, I started working in New York city first week. I was like, all right, this is better than the last job, but I'm still not feeling creatively fulfilled. So every day I would go to the Barnes and Noble around the corner. I had this little black notebook that I still have. And I had this book called How to Start a Graphic Design Business. And I think I, I own the book now. It actually sits on the shelf behind me where I work. And I would just like take notes. So I obviously wanted to do my own thing. But yeah, this was you know, 2008, 2009 when the recession was going on and I got let go from that job. And initially I was like, you know, I was like a newlywed, we had just bought a house and like, obviously I have to find another full-time job. Like it didn't seem like there was any other possibility, but um, thankfully enough, I kind of got hired back by, basically part of why I was getting let go was the company I was working for got bought by another company. But that new company that took a lot of um, the people I was working with with them hired me back basically in my exact same role. And almost 10 years later, I'm still I'm still working for them part time as a freelancer doing my old job and they pay me very generously. So it, it, it all ended up working out okay, but. I am so grateful that I got let go because I don't know how long it would have taken. I do think I eventually would have made that leap, especially with this like burst of like the the online space and blogging Mm. and and podcasting and all this. I think I would have gotten into it eventually anyway, but probably not as quickly had I not been forced into it. And then all of a sudden had this like extra time on my hands.
0: How funny would it have been if you got... If you got let go because some loser in upstate New York was asking you every graphic design question and like, <laughs> help you for... like
1: helping you with your projects.
0: Yeah. Michelle, you've gotten <laughs> nothing done this quarter. <laughs> That's what you think.
1: <laughs> uh, that would have made for a better story. It, w- yeah. it would have pulled all of this together.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Come full circle. Responsible for your, your podcast for creative excursion and also re- the reason you got fired.
1: I'll save that for my screenplay.
0: Hmm. Ooh, who would play me in that? That's interesting.
1: Who would play you?
0: Hmm. Noah Wiley.
1: Noah Wiley. Is he, he was on, uh, of, e- of ER? ER fame? Okay. Yeah.
0: I think that would work.
1: I don't know him that well.
0: Oh, so you but, have to know him to cast him? Is well, that how this goes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's I was your having, screenplay. Yeah. I
0: suppose that's true. Right.
1: Isn't he sh- on the shorter side?
0: Oh, I don't know. I haven't met him in person. Um,
1: I picture him being a short guy and you're not a short guy. So I don't know how that would work.
0: Okay. Clooney. We're just Clooney? staying in the ER oh, okay. family. All right, yeah. yeah. So right.
1: The only actors, you know, are on ER. If not,
0: <laughs> the next one was going to be Eric LaSalle, who was the, uh, who was the African-American doctor on the show. So, um, no, well, that yeah, would
1: yeah, be a uh, twist.
0: Yeah. If not, if, if not Noah Wiley, obviously George Clooney.
1: Okay. That's a solid backup. So I forget, what was, the, what was your original question? What, uh, what, what made me become a creative entrepreneur?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to just Google search ER characters while you answer this.
1: Okay, yeah. Do that while I'm continuing to record.
0: Working, yes.
1: <laughs> um, let's see what else I have here.
0: Maybe if we kind of talk a little bit about you know, the purpose of having creative outlets and the purpose of of why they're important to you from a sanity standpoint, as opposed to just, you know, you don't like your job, go do this. Because honestly, since we've started doing this, I mean, my mind has been fairly clear, even though work has sometimes been hectic. It's been better than what it was and less toxic. So
1: and why do you feel like that is you feel like it's just knowing that you have this other fun thing that you do that, like, fulfills you? I don't say part of you is missing. It's probably dramatic, No, I think that's but. exactly
0: it. I, I, I know. I don't think that's dramatic at all. I think there's a purpose now to, I feel like what I do, um, people work in this education industry and, and they always talk about doing it for the kids and I, I'm not there to do it for the kids. I'm just not, uh, it doesn't mean that I don't like that the work I do and that we do as a team benefits kids and benefits families, but I'm, that's not why I wake up every morning. So I very much wanted to do something that allowed me to feel complete. And I think it's important that we have that in our lives. And you know, not everybody works at a dream job. Not every you know, that's there's that old adage about, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. There are going to be bad days. There are going to be tough co workers to get along with. There are going to be, you know, projects from hell that's life. Um, now, how you look at that and how you deal with it, that's a personal choice. I'm not necessarily the person who just you know, slaps a smile on his face and does the job. I'm usually somebody who's, I'm not going to say complaining along the way, but I get my digs in from time to time. But I desperately wanted something that allowed me to feel complete. And being a creative mind and having a passion for social and digital and video content and having that background to execute it and to be able to be around people regularly who quote unquote get it was really important to me. So I think to feel normal uh, and to feel like you're giving something back and you're a part of a community that values your voice and your opinion, we should all strive to be a part of something like that. I mean, that's not something that's just unique unto me or unto you. That's that's an important part of of feeling like you're part of a society.
1: No, I I completely agree with, with the fulfillment part. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, how I, you know, in my childhood, I didn't really feel like creativity was an, a viable option. And it really wasn't until I came into the creative community that I'm part of now and that we're a part of that it felt validated. And now it's, this is like so much better. Like, yeah, I took art classes as a kid and I was drawing, but Now looking back on it, like, yes, I can draw, but like of all the creative things, that is not where like my talents lie. I mean, even I would say, you know, I learned how to like do audio editing for this. Now, given the choice, Michelle, you can like edit this person's podcast, or you can like draw a picture, I would probably choose to edit the podcast. Right. And I don't think back in the day, well, obviously, back in the day, podcast didn't exist. But I don't think that I would have even classified this as being something creative.
0: My dad had a piece of advice that he would always give us growing up as, as kids, my sister and I, which was, if you aim high, you go high. And I kind of take that to heart. Um, you know, I'm willing to try new things. I'm willing to take you know, steps to, to, to learn certain things. I'm not saying I do it blindly. I wouldn't tell anybody to do it blindly, but having the intestinal fortitude to be willing to learn about something in order to take that step. I think that's what opens up the doors for, for people to feel like they have other options or other outlets or other things that might be able to kind of open up doors for them. And I think that kind of like gets at what you were just talking about with audio editing as small as that might seem, although it's a huge part of what you and I do here with the podcast, um, that opens up a whole new can of worms and might all open up something for you for a future business opportunity or venture, something like that down the line.
1: How many people do you think who are like us, who are like you before you started the podcast and like me before I got thrust into this world of entrepreneurship, who are just either consciously dying to do something like this or don't even know that this is like a possibility who like who haven't done anything with it yet do you think that that's like like what percentage of people do you think are are just sitting on unwasted like talent and and possibility and uh, that makes me it makes me upset to like think that that exists but I know that it does
0: probably more than than we know um and I think that that's telling because if you work in an industry like I do, where granted we do good work and it's for a good purpose, but it can kind of feel kind of, you know, boxed in, um, sometimes that can wear you down and you might not have the wherewithal to look outside of what you do Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, but the opportunities that exist today, Um, And the outlets that exist today are just endless, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Gary Vee says it all the time and I I can't agree with it more like the world that we're living in right now. Like we any of us can legitimately do anything if we want to. And I, I love that you have taking the leap to do this even though you have a a full-time job and i think that that's also part of it it's like a mental block for people is that they think it has to be like one way or another they're like oh no i have a full-time job so i cannot possibly do anything else like it's not it's not even on their radar
0: i was having lunch with friends of mine the other day and they were asking about the podcast and one of them said like you know how much work do you put into the podcast like on a regular basis and i went enough you know like it's it's yeah, it's not it's, it's not like an afterthought yeah. you know it's not something that you're just like oh i have 5 minutes let me just do this i'm not saying sometimes it's like that but or not like that but m- for the most part there's hours of commitment to you know designing certain elements or or coming up with certain content ideas so y- you know this isn't just like a passing thing i mean this is you know we're we're doing work that Honestly, we probably should, we, we probably should be getting paid for. Yes. But when you think about the I time mean, con, the, the time that gets put into it.
1: We um, have the microphones. Right. It's I mean, it's this is this is serious. <laughs>
0: right. Right. No, it's a pretty outside of sitting in a closet, you know, without like a professional sound, booth, like this is pretty much as serious as it gets. But it's a commitment, you know, we do we do work hard on this and but I wouldn't want that to stop somebody either, because I feel like that's been the most rewarding part to me. In some sick, twisted way, is even though you're, you know, you might be up till eleven o'clock or midnight or doing a couple of things. And I know for some people who work in in an entrepreneurial field, like eleven or twelve o'clock is not a late a late time. But when you've gotten up at six o'clock and you worked all day, yeah, it can be kind of, you know, a late period for for some. For me, of course, for for sure. But there's something fulfilling about designing something and being like this is going to be really cool when we run this, you know, next week or later in the week or tomorrow or whatever it is. Like you get really excited about a piece of 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 content when you know it's being received by an audience and that's really what we decided, you know, that was the goal. If you could put a goal, you know, statement for this initiative, it was really just about providing an outlet for people who do what we do to join in and feel like they're a part of something.
1: Absolutely. I had the thought that When you're doing something that you're really into, that you are choosing to do, like no one is handing you and I assignments. We come up with all this content, like we're, we're calling all the shots when you're doing stuff like that. Like you just become, I think, a more joyful person. And when we think about the people that we follow, like my Instagram crushes, for example, We don't like them because they make a lot of money. Like, I don't think any of us really care whether or not they make money or not. We like them because of the energy that they're putting out there. And that energy is causing us to follow them. It's causing other people to follow them. And then when you get a lot of followers, that's when people are like, oh, hey, can we like, can we pay you? Because look at all these people that you're influencing.
0: And we're, this is, this is us. I mean, this is us for who we are. And I think that's something that, creative outlets provide people is an opportunity to be themselves. You know, I I don't necessarily, although it doesn't mean that people I work with couldn't listen to the podcast, but I'm not necessarily sure I'd feel comfortable telling people that I don't necessarily love what I do, but you can do it here because it's a different venue. It's a different area. um, It's a different audience. And I think creative outlets allow you to be who you are as a person. Um, It taps into your your uh your inner persona that i think you you don't show a lot of people i feel like i'm mm-hmm. doing a, a written verse of the stranger album here but you don't <laughs> you don't you don't allow yourself to show that side to people a lot because of the setting you might be in but if you're doing writing projects or if you're doing a podcast or if you're doing something that kind of allows you to um or if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing something for you or for something that you're building it allows you to kind of tap in your inner persona that might not necessarily get out very often. And that's kind of exciting, too, because it helps you feel a little bit more grounded.
1: In my experience, like anytime you're able to be your true self is going to be the person that people like the most. And a lot of people probably think the opposite of that. But that is what I have found to be true.
0: One of the things that would that drives me crazy in the industry where and in, in which I work, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who might work in you know, certain fields. Um having individuals with whom you work saying, well, we've always done it this way, or this is the way that this is how this goes and and it bothers you? Does that no, bother you? You
1: know that drives me crazy, like yeah, more than and, anything.
0: And it's something that 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 really gets under my skin. And um you know, education is known to be an industry that's always like behind the curve most of the time. So any kind of advancements when it comes to digital communications, uh, social, even web. Um, it, it takes forever to get that on, on online and on board. So being able to, to find someplace that allows you to do what you want and take chances and take risks and try things that's really appealing. You know, it really kind of balances you, I think as a, as an individual.
1: As someone who has actually made the leap to do this, what would be your biggest piece of advice for another person who who is working full time, who feels like they just don't have time to do anything else or that they just don't even know where to get started? Where do you think that they the best place to get started would be?
0: Ask yourself really what you want to do, because I'll bet you the answer is different from what you're doing right now. And if you can answer that question honestly it's a lot easier to start to line up opportunities or things that could potentially fulfill that than it would be for just kind of plodding along with what you're doing right now. For me, it was important to, first of all, um, be around creative people, um, who understand things the way I do. It was important to me if we were doing this podcast to be working with somebody who gets it and, whose opinion I, I value immensely. And, um, I'm talking about you, obviously,
1: except Um, for TV show recommendations, but go on.
0: I will not watch how I met your mother. Um, but that was important to me. Um, and it wouldn't have happened if I didn't ask myself, what do I want to do? You know, what, what is it that I really want to do? Um, And you know what? That might not necessarily mean that you're going to answer that question and go do a creative outlet and continue to plot along at your nine to five day job. You might just decide to change career fields. And, you know, that's certainly something that you have to look into as well. And you have to kind of, you know, answer some hard questions there as well, because there's a lot of things that kind of come with that. But I don't think we stop and ask ourselves that enough. Mm. You know, I really don't. We, We just accept
1: things for as they are.
0: I think we're human. We put our heads down and we just go. And, you know, whether or not that's the working industry that, you know, kind of is what this country is, or, um, I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like we asked that question nearly enough because if you ask people how their day was, nobody sits there. And very rarely have I had somebody say like, I had the best day. Let me tell you about it. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, usually we have people say like, it was fine. It was okay. Now that could just be because they don't want to talk about You know, they don't feel like talking about it, but I don't necessarily think that's the case because when people ask me, how's the podcast going? I don't have a lot of bad things to say. I don't probably have any bad things to say. I don't know. Do you?
1: No, not at all. In fact, I was just going to say when you just asked me, like, how was your day? I was like, it was awesome. Like, it was (laughs) great. It really was. Um, I think that there's also something to be said about just... Even letting your your mind go there, even having that crazy thought like, what if I started a podcast? What if I started a blog? What if I just wrote that article that I've been like drafting in my head, whatever it is, or what if I reached out to that person that I've been wanting to collaborate with? I think there's something about even just like having the thought and putting it out there. You're going to start to think about it more and more because you're going to start to see all these other things that are going to like remind you of it. And I'm thinking back to the fact that when I got that second job and I was like, ah, I really want to be doing my own thing. And I started like researching it. Like, I feel like that kind of put the, put the wheels in motion. And I don't know if that like, maybe set me up to, to be like, oh, or I don't know, there was some kind of like divine intervention there. But whether it's something extreme like that, or it'll just start gnawing at you, or, you know, social media st- will likely start, um, you know, targeting you with ads regarding the things that you're thinking about, like as they usually do. But whatever it is, I think once you get that ball rolling, you're not going to be able to stop thinking about it, and that's that's a good thing. I'm not I'm not saying that in a way like, oh, start this so your life changes, because I think some people may be hearing that and like that scares them, but in a, in a really good way.
0: I have a friend who listens to this podcast uh, who worked in educational communications for years, um, and he has since uh, decided to. Um, leave and start his own business. And I know, um, did I say he listens to the podcast? Yes, you did. He's a friend of the show, Shane Haggerty. Hi, hey,
1: Shane, um, friend of the show.
0: Um, and, and he's, he's, he's making it and he's excited and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's coming along for him and it's a build. And, and, you know, from the conversations that I've had with him about it and they haven't been many, but the ones that I've had is, you know, you can sense a general excitement in what he's doing because, it's his own. It's his vision. It's probably something that he might not have been a- able to do or have the ability to do where he was. And he's he's like anybody else who listens to, the, to this show. He's got initiative. He, he cares. Um, and when you can kind of combine those feelings, those traits, that empathetic side of you, and you can apply it to something that allows and accepts it, um, that's a really, really cool match.
1: I think what, what we keep circling back to is it's figuring out the true person inside of you. It's it's being like we all have these like versions of ourselves, like you said, like the stranger. But it's letting that ugh, true. I keep using the word true. I can't think of any other word to use.
0: Self-awareness.
1: Yeah. Having self-awareness and being able to say like, yeah, I I do actually want to do that. And not feeling like you're going to be judged. I think that maybe that is the part that. people get hung up on. I mean, we we talked about the the roadblock of things have always been done this way. Um, I have a full time job, like that's not even a possibility. That's not on my radar. But I think the other part of it is like, if I do this, like, what are my coworkers are gonna think? Like, what are my parents gonna think? My parents love and support me, but I still don't think they completely understand what it is I do. And they will be horrified if they heard me say this. I feel like there is still like a little bit of judgment because they don't have that understanding. And that's probably one of the things that held me back from just jumping into this back back when I had my full time job, leaving on my own accord instead of getting let go.
0: And you still sort of feel this now?
1: A little bit like they're so loving and supporting and excited, but I know that they don't completely understand that.
0: How does that make you feel?
1: I've I think at this point I have matured to the point where it's I don't let it like hold me back but I do feel like there were kind of like years of having to let go of uh you know caring what they think. I mean I I care what everyone thinks but you know certainly you know the people that that love me the most I you know I definitely hold their opinions in in high regard. So um and I still Thank you. I
0: appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know, I've said this to you before that a, a lot of times when we're, um, you know, doing stuff with the podcast or even stuff with, with my other brands, I'm never afraid to talk and share or like do live video even with people in, in our creative communities and our audience. But what makes me feel weird is when family and friends may tune in. Because I feel like they don't completely understand what it is I'm doing and I'm afraid that I might be judged. So maybe I haven't matured to the point where like I've let go of that completely. But Mm -hmm. um, I think I've at least let go to the point where I don't I don't let it hold me back from doing most things. But I will say, like, live, live video specifically, like on Facebook, is the one thing that I still feel really uncomfortable with. And I know that I would feel 100% comfortable with it if I could block all those people from like high school and college who follow me on Facebook who I haven't talked to in 15 years.
0: But just because, but since you haven't talked with them in 15 years, what would it matter then?
1: It, it doesn't. But I still, I, I let it, I let those opinions of people that like I barely know anything about now stop me from doing that. You're right. This is stupid. When are we going to do a Facebook live?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't put the pressure on me here. I'm I'm just, (laughs) I was learning about you. Uh, Yeah, no, that's a, that's, I think that's a barrier for a lot of people. Um, and it kind of gets at what I was saying before about, you know, the old, you know, we've always done it this way. Um, I, I think everybody in a creative field would, would really love for the people who, you know, judge or have oversight capabilities or are concerned about the bottom line or are concerned about image or whatever it is to understand that if they just stepped aside and let the person trying to execute a creative vision, really execute it and trust that they have the best interests of that brand or that stakeholder in mind, the product and the bottom line would be so much better. And I feel like that's why so many creatives who work in an industry that kind of suppresses that they have to find that outlet they yes. have to find that release
1: yes that is so true and it's true even for us who work for ourselves a lot of us still have clients and standards like where we don't get to completely call all the shots and it's okay for us even if we work for ourselves to still feel like we can have outlets and and do many things and in fact i feel like the ideal lifestyle for a, a truly creative person is one that is diversified, where you're getting to do a bunch of different things. You don't really feel like you are, um, you know, serving one person and definitely make sure that you have a a project like for me and for Steve, like this podcast where we are 100% calling the shots. I think it's it's really important to have at least one thing that you work on that is all you unstructured, no rules.
0: So if you could do one thing as an outlet away from what you have in your life right now,
1: other than this, it, than the podcast,
0: other than the podcast and other than, you know, some of the things you do for, for a living or whatever, would it be a, you know, a, a writer for, for a television show or would it be something different?
1: Yeah, I would. I would love to just like, I feel like now that I've like said this publicly, I like them. I actually really want to do it. Like I would love to just like write a script for something. And that sounds crazy because there are people who write scripts professionally and, you know, may never get like their, their TV show brought to life. Mm. And I think that's the part of me, like, I think that's more, this is a whole nother conversation, but for like the TV industry, like a problem with the TV industry, it kills me to know that like people have like, poured their hearts and souls into these these stories and these characters and these worlds and if a tv show gets reviewed by a network and like maybe they make a pilot and then you know it doesn't go anywhere like most of the time those stories those are just dead like you don't get like a second chance to like do yeah. something else with it and that's yeah. i don't like that I, I i can't imagine like pouring years into something knowing that like you know it has like such a small chance of it actually coming to life.
0: Yeah. You do wonder how many things have like, how many opportunities have been left on, on, you know, the, the, the cutting room floor yeah, or whatever absolutely. you want to call it. Yeah. That is a depressing thought.
1: If it wasn't for that thought, like, but I feel they took like, the
0: chance, but, but like, but think about that. Like, true. but they did take that step, you know, so it, 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 it does sort of get at, what we're talking about here. I mean, it might not necessarily always pan out. I mean, you and I could have done two of these things and got tired of it and said, Oh, this isn't working. Let's go try something else. But the important thing is you recognized that that opportunity existed.
1: That's true. How about you? What What have you got in your back pocket? Uh,
0: I think I'd like to run a social account, social and digital for a professional sports team. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be where my heart lies, um, you know you're seeing just so many teams just uh, on on social really professionalize the look of it um, and it's just so appealing and it draws you in and there seems to be so many openings too that are kind of available. I mean, it's a job, so it's not like I'm gonna just up and move to you know Chicago or something, mm-hmm. but I, I think that would be you know if I could have you know a month or a week or whatever it is to do something i think that would be it i really would like the opportunity to kind of match an audience's fandom with their team and not only learn more about their team but feel connected to them in a way that really only social can provide you know you think about when we were when we were little you know if you were a fan of a team you had the box score and you had the game on TV, but you really didn't have anything else besides that. Maybe there was a book that they wrote or something that you, that you read, but you know, now with, with video and with the onset of, you know, this visceral content um, you're connected in more ways than you ever were before. So I would love to be able to bring that to, to, you know, you know, a, a seven year old Steve King or, you know, whatever, because
1: I think that would be a lot of fun. I was just thinking about like 13 year old me I was like super into hockey when I was like, you know, late middle school, early high school. And man, if all this social stuff existed back then, I would have like lost my mind because I like bought everything I had. Like I was like cutting out stuff from newspapers and making scrapbooks. I had like the media guide. I was like memorizing stats like, you know, just to even have like one video of something from the team would have been. Game changing and probably kids now don't really appreciate that they not only have all of this other like multimedia, social media stuff, but like they have access to the players. They can follow the players on on Twitter. They can follow like the announcers. And it's yeah, it's just it's it's amazing. It really is.
0: I think that would be it for me. I would love to do something like that.
1: Good to have goals. Yeah. I mean, I, I that doesn't sound as crazy as mine. At least you're like in, you know, you're, you're in the role. Somewhat. Well, you've already
0: said that your screenplay is going to be, what was it going to be about again?
1: Oh, uh, well, maybe that would just have just been a part about how, you mean how I got let go from my job because I was doing work yeah, that for was you? It.
0: Yeah, that was it.
1: <laughs> I don't know that there's an entire like show ar- around that, but maybe that could be a plot line.
0: Maybe it would be a one, ep- a one season thing on Netflix, like six episodes. You could probably do that
1: starring george clooney yeah starring
0: george clooney why wouldn't he sign up for that of course yeah
1: (laughs) it'll be very creatively fulfilling for him i'm sure
0: michelle wrote a murphy brown
1: (laughs) oh i forgot about that yeah yeah seinfeld connection
0: i don't know do we have a show here
1: we'd love to continue this conversation with you guys over on social media
0: Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at pod for creatives
1: I have this camera set up. Should mm-hmm. I let it roll? I was thinking that if I do let it roll, like maybe a good stopping point.
0: You are, I don't know if it's you or I don't know if I'm on it, but I'm on like a, a two second delay from what you, I, I hear you before your mouth moves on the screen. So, oh, which is fine. Good. No, I, it's going
1: to be annoying. Let's restart Skype. That would annoy me and it's not okay. happening for me.
0: Okay, well, call me then, okay. and I'll I'll pick up. All right, bye. maybe. Bye. <laughs> I kind of like this though now, so you're gonna have to deal with it. Sorry. That's
1: all right. No. It's, no it works. I, I don't have to look. I'm like glad that, you're a, that uh, you won't need to go to the chiropractor. After this. I won't
0: have any back issues tonight. This is great. <laughs> Sitting on a stool for like an hour and no, hour and a is, half. It's this not, is it's not, not going to be a
1: permanent solution.
0: <laughs> I need one of those those chairs that the security guard got on Seinfeld yes! with the, the, the rocking, rocking chair. chair. Yeah, I'll be I'll be asleep in the first 30 minutes of the show. <laughs>
1: How is that different than normal?
0: Did you record anything on your camera? Oh, no.